Welcome to Know What I Mean. My name's George. My name's Oscar. And this week, me and George talk about embracing our crappy supermarket jobs, feeling gratitude for being a scrub, and the flaws in a system that encourages comparison. Let's get into the episode. The poem is Be the Best of Whatever You Are by Douglas Malloch. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub by the side of the rill, be a bush if you can't be a tree. I'll read the whole poem just for context. It's still a, a pretty short poem. That first little bit that we kind of chose as the quote is encapsulated in the rest of the poem. It's just kind of elaborated on in a nice way. If you can't be a bush, be a bit of the grass and some highway some happier make. If you can't be a muskie, then just be a bass, but the liveliest bass in the lake. We can't all be captains, we've got to be crew. There's something for all of us here. There's big work to do and there's lesser to do, and the task we must do is the near. If you can't be a highway, then just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be the star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail, be the best of whatever you are. There were two core meanings that I gleaned from this poem. The first one was that you need to take a pragmatic look at yourself and see what path best fits the attributes that you actually have. Throughout my life, I've always enjoyed doing different sorts of projects and trying new things, especially in the last maybe three or four years since I finished university. It's kind of led me to do have all these different like ideas for businesses and stuff where I'll work on it, get really excited about it and work on it for a month or so and then come up with another idea which I think is even better and then get excited about that and do that and leave the other one. This is something that's kind of been a pattern that's repeated a lot of times. And it actually made me think of as well, when I was, when I was a kid, my mom told me that, well, I love strawberries so much that sometimes I would, I would have a big punnet of strawberries. So I'd be eating one and then I'd be picking up another one in my hand as I was eating it and actually spit out the one I was chewing in order to eat another strawberry. And I just realized that as I was, as I was kind of taking notes, like, man, that's the same, that's the same sort of mentality that I had as a child. Over time, I've become more aware of this aspect of myself. And I know as well that to be successful at anything like a, you know, a business, it needs consistent focus in a specific direction over time. That's what's going to get results and make change in the world. And this cycle did really start to get to me because it felt like I was kind of just doomed to repeat this again and again, and that I just didn't have enough discipline to do anything for a long period of time. You know, this was like a real defect in my character, that I was not someone who was able to come up with a plan and stick with something and go for it. I would just, you know, get excited, do a bit, and then stop and do something else. And it just felt like a, a constant thing you know these little bursts of creativity and then not having anything 
to actually show for it because there were all these scattered projects that I'd kind of worked on in in the dark and then decided to scrap before I'd ever shown them to anyone. I was thinking about this pattern and seeing how it, it run through so many areas of my life throughout time. I remember realizing though that there was like one part that didn't fit, which was skateboarding. I'd done skateboarding for 10 years, eight hours a day, sometimes more, seven days a week during the summer holidays. And I was like, that's, that's weird. That doesn't really fit into what, into this pattern that I seem to have. And I realized that what it was, was that I had skateboarding, which was the wider context, but within that there were all of these little tricks that I was learning and, and progressing with, they were all little individual projects. So, so within the umbrella of skateboarding, I was actually doing that thing. The fact that I got excited about a new trick and really wanted to master that. And then another trick that kind of led on from that excited me. And then I wanted to try maybe even a, a different area of skateboarding, like skating different types of ramps or trying stairs or rails. And that thing that I thought was a, a negative trait and that had had bad results in other parts of my life had actually been the very thing that made me succeed and do well in skateboarding. So I realized it was like the context of it. And after having that insight, I realized that I just needed to accept this part of myself or this, how my character is that I'm just not someone who's very good at coming up with a plan and then just grind it out for eternity. I do get excited about new projects and want to try new things. So I found actually that a great way for me to express that and take advantage of it was through having a YouTube channel because the umbrella was YouTube, but within YouTube, I could create new videos. So each new video was a new project that I could get excited about and also gave a sense of completion because like you upload the video and then boom, that's done. That project is done. You take what you've learned from it, but you can be excited to try new different projects. It was a big realization that the very part of myself that I thought was a defect could actually be an asset if used in the correct way. Hmm. So in regards to this, this poem, what was it specifically about about this that was um that kind of made you think about this from from the poem i was i was deluded about what i was or maybe not even about what i was but what i wanted to be so let's mm. say for the sake of argument that i wanted to be the pine on the top of the hill say that was like with with business wanting to you know have a business and i was trying to do that i was like okay let me come up with a good idea and then once I've got a good enough idea, I'm just going to commit to it. And I won't then feel like doing other things as well. Mm, I'll mm. just want to commit to that. But mm. it was realizing that, that that just didn't suit my character. And it was the process of really understanding myself and my tendencies, the patterns that I've repeated and finding the best way to utilize that. Hmm. 
So it's recognizing yourself as being the scrub and not having this aspiration to be elsewhere and be a whole nother kind of being that mm-hmm. can be completely single focused and just yeah. is just that's all I'm doing and that's all I'm going with. Yeah. Um, what were your initial thoughts with the quote? First of all, I was just wondering about um, with because you mentioned that there were a cu- like a couple of main areas. Mm-hmm. Was had you covered both of them or was it? No, that was you, no. the so yeah the the first area that that I wrote down was the the kind of taking a pragmatic look at yourself and to mm. see what path best suits your attributes. Do I have the characteristics of a bush or mm. a pine mm. or or whatever? Mm. Um, and okay. and once you know. It's, it's the understanding part of actually knowing and accepting what you are. And once you know and accept what you are, then you can find the best location for yourself. Yeah. Okay, cool. The first thing that came to mind when hearing this, I think was really just a vibe that I got from it and the way that it's written and the attitude that I feel it has as a poem. And that's mm-hmm. one of playfulness. I just really got a sense of this not taking life too seriously and holding on too tightly. And Mm -hmm. as you say, striving too hard to be elsewhere. And I think even it could be focused down to just the best little scrub as just a point in it that I just from reading that it's just like there's something so joyous about that tiny set of words. My sense from it really is is one of, I guess, countering the tendency that I have to start narrowing things down and getting and and having life become quite serious. And I guess like Mm -hmm. as particularly in lockdown and things where things can feel quite stagnant and the energy of this poem really just saying you are a certain way and that's cool you know that's that's fine enjoy that play with that you don't need Mm -hmm. to you're not incomplete and deficient and you know you're you are a scrub or a bush or you don't it's not you don't need to be being so concerned that elsewhere is the place you need to be I guess that's more of a sense from it than um reading into the words super specifically mm. but it's something mm. I just I just got that sense from it and and it felt strong for me so it's something that I wanted mm. to bring up it feels to me like a bit of poking fun at this idea of striving to be something else this kind of societal like oh I've got I this is so serious and I need to make it and I need to you know be this pine and like you know and it was sort of poking fun at that. I And it made me think of like when you're playing a game with someone that takes mm-hmm. the game way too seriously. You know, if you're like playing mm-hmm. Monopoly or something with someone and they're, they're really stony faced and they're taking it very seriously. Like that's, that's no fun, you know. So mm-hmm. something about this saying, this lightheartedness of, you know, you can just be a scrub. Like it's cool. Like it's fine. You know, yeah. like we're just yeah. here to be alive and to just enjoy our life and mm. you know just you can put down the this real urgent striving that a lot of us you know that i feel anyway mm. and i guess it, it just for me that that's it's this thing of 
you know, we need to be taking the piss out of once in a while as adults. I think we need to be poked fun at a bit and to be told, you know, like, all right, man, like just not in a patronizing way at all, but just relax. It's cool. Like, let's just have a nice time. The sense that I got with it was a little, there was a similarity between, you know, when you, you look up at the stars and you feel how, in, you know, insignificant you are, but in a really good way, you know, you're, you're <laughs> looking up and you're like, oh my God, I'm just like, this is like nothing, you know, like I'm just mm -hmm. nothing. Like this is so insignificant, you know, mm -hmm. but in the best way, in like the most humbling way where you just mm -hmm. feel a lot of joy from that, you know, mm -hmm. you just really yeah, feel yeah. like, oh, thank God. You know, I can just yeah. be the scrub. I can just be who I am. I was going to say yeah. just, just off of that, like the, the thing of looking up at the stars and realizing you're, you know, feeling insignificant in, in that way it also still feels like wow i'm part of this mm. that's also captured in this poem of mm. there being a, a joy of being involved in this process that it's so cool that you've got a part in this play and that you're so lucky to have have a part and just enjoy that and just completely commit to that part that you have to play and mm. don't squander it yeah no that's so true it's looking up at the stars i guess for some people is is quite a scary experience uh, i've heard that you know feeling insignificant in a bad way and i guess that's where it's becomes nihilistic or like nothing matters and what's the point but i think mm -hmm. as you say like the the other ingredient that make it makes it joyous and heart opening is realizing that we're all this small we're all just doing our thing it's not like a solitary experience you feel like mm -hmm. well i i've definitely felt very connected to other people in moments like that so mm -hmm. you've got this part that you're playing in this game and you can have fun playing this part this is a, a joyful thing yeah mm. i had a story in relation to this i was on a nine day retreat and it was a it was like a really intensive meditation retreat and it was primarily in silence there was like seven i think seven of the nine days were in silence and a lot of it was in meditation uh, it was in wales in like the middle of nowhere and the whole atmosphere after a few days of meditating that much is is very still reflective but it's also got like a real kind of potency and and power in there as well but it's it's quite an intense sort of energy even though it's very still you know we couldn't read and anything like that it was totally just looking inwards you start to notice people around you quite strongly like you get people's presence quite a lot despite the fact that you're not speaking i think because you're, you're becoming your awareness is becoming so heightened from all the meditation and yet you're not speaking so you're not having to think of what you're going to say and how you're going to look and all this kind of stuff so it's like this funny combination where you actually feel quite intimate with people even though you're not speaking because you feel very aware mm -hmm. of people's presence anyway i noticed a couple of women on this retreat and they looked quite solemn i i guess like i really got the impression that they were very serious practitioners and they were there to meditate and you know this was all like quite ardent proper meditative thing on the final day of the retreat you get to start speaking again and we were around at dinner and you start speaking to these people you haven't really had very much communication with but you felt their presence nonetheless 
And one of these women start telling this story that happened on the retreat where she had fallen out of her bed in the night and you're sleeping in dorms, right? And she had fallen out of her, her bed <laughs> in the night and another woman like turned on the light and got up and fell over her and they all like the whole room woke up and they were all just cracking up. And, <laughs> and then they just spent the rest of the night just chatting together uh, on this okay. silent retreat. <laughs> and it was just so funny hearing this and then the women telling it and all the people involved, their faces were so lit up and like just so joyous and childish. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that just so wasn't my experience of them Yeah. on the retreat. You know, like I, I was like, what the hell? Like, I totally misjudged them. But mm. it was just so funny how on this silent retreat they had like had all this chaos happen and you just wouldn't, you just don't know. It was a moment of really just, well, I felt a lot of connection to their attitude of this quite childlike and carefree attitude. I guess that they had cultivated somewhat in the retreat, but like I felt such a connection to that, this sense of play. Mm. And it definitely seems to be like a theme in my life, I guess, because I've always been thought of as being quite serious, which isn't true, but who would say that? Anyway, but. Mm. I've often been labeled as that. So I've obviously always wanted the opposite to that, you know? And mm -hmm. so a lot of the people that I admire, are people that are very merry and like joyous childlike, you know, and mm -hmm. childlike in a kind of wise sense. Mm -hmm. Damn. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. Yeah. And I, I understand that it might feel a little bit like a diversion from the poem in a way, but as I said, I think it's just, it is the spirit of that I felt from listening to it really is this contentedness mm -hmm. and this simplicity of just being at ease with who you are and the kind of joy and the kind of playfulness that comes with that and accepting our differences. The other main piece of meaning that I got from this quote was if you want to reach a goal say your goal is to be the pine on the top of the hill. So rather than taking it as you are a, a scrub for life, like that there, this poem could also be used as maybe you, you aspire to be the pine on the hill, but the first step, if you do actually want to be the pine on the hill, if that's possible is to accept what needs to be done now, accept the fact that now you're a bush and you need to be the best bush that you can be because I realized that one of the things that might come out of the poem is it might feel like don't follow your dreams because this is very anti a lot of especially like a very American culture of you know you can be the best you can be you can do anything you want to do you can be at the top of any industry or an entrepreneur all of these different goals the idea is that you can be that and also with ideas like the secret and manifestation. The idea is that you can through wanting to be something else and really thinking about that and focusing on that, that you can become this other thing. And I think that this quote may seem to be at odds with it, but this, this is how it's, it fits in perfectly because you need to accept where you are now and do that the best you can. And that is the only way that you're going to get to being where you want to be in the future. You really need to have an acceptance of your starting point and acceptance of doing the work in front of you the best that you can. 
you know, you can concern yourself with being the best at what you are doing, really wholeheartedly doing what you are doing, and then trust mm. that it will come into fruition in some way. But it's not going to be through visualizing being the pine, and then you're just going to become the pine. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. about being like really investing in what it is that you have chosen to do at that time. Mm. Yeah, and that reminds me of what we talked about with the podcast. You know, in that mm-hmm. it's a blend. Like you have a goal for it. But mm-hmm. it's more like an intention that you're just light, lightly keeping in mind. Mm-hmm. But the real work is literally just showing up and doing it each week and mm-hmm. trusting that if you keep on improving and the quality is good, that people will keep coming back. You know, I actually wrote down here, we are the best little scrub. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think it's having fun in the process, not being concerned about not having millions of listeners Mm. you know just being happy that people are listening and yeah that this is what we're doing now and we're we're enjoying the process have fun yeah yeah let's have fun doing it yeah we're being the best podcast with 30 people listening to each episode and Mm. there's things about that that are good that won't be there once we have many more people listening now if someone sends us a message about something they want to be on the podcast or maybe they've got feedback about how we can improve it i can guarantee that me or you or both of us can reply to that person and really take on what they've said we can now interact with a hundred percent of the people who watch this episode we're at a size where we can do that and one thing that happens with people who have large podcasts is they have so many people investing lots of time, you know, sending them long emails about how the podcast has changed their life. And they don't have time to reply to those people or even to read mm. their messages to these people who are pouring their hearts out to them. Yeah. So there are things about the podcast at this size, which are unique to the size that it is now. And yeah. I'm so glad that we both have the mentality where we're just enjoying this so much Mm. at the size it is and taking advantage Mm. of all the things that if it was a larger podcast we'd have to worry about like we haven't had to set up an llc and sort out tax and do all of the things that be associated with uh, a larger business and brand deals and like all sorts of extra admin stuff right now it's just we have a quote we think about it throughout the week we talk about it and we enjoy our like 80 followers on Instagram and yeah. it's awesome. Love you. <laughs> yeah. You know who you are and we know who you yeah. are as well. Cause it's, <laughs> it's not many of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice. I think it really captures the attitude of this, you know, of just like literally just doing the best you can in a really positive way. Not like, cause you can think of doing the best that you can. That's often associated with you're kind of failing at something but you are mm-hmm. just doing the best that you can. You're you're yeah. at work and it's going badly, but I'm doing the best I can. But there's this other side, which is you're being wholehearted about what you're doing mm-hmm. and it's out where it's at. And then you just yeah. carry on. And that's there's something very pleasurable about that, that wholeheartedness. And mm-hmm. that's really coming across in this poem too, is really just investing in a full way, you know, not mm-hmm. having one foot in, one foot out and hesitating and like, well, you know, just yeah. giving yourself fully to something and really enjoying the process as you're doing that. 
Mm, yeah. yeah. This reminds me of a story, in fact. Mm. One day I was, when I was working at uh, a supermarket, when I was probably around 19 or something, and I remember being there, like, stocking up the chilled section, putting things in, and just really wishing I was somewhere else, really feeling bad about where I was, because at this time as well, I was really into self-development. I really did feel from all the content I'd saturated myself with that by this time I should be running my own business or like right now I should be working out seven days a week or like dating 10 girls or doing all of these things. And right now I'm just here in a supermarket doing this menial job. And I remember checking and seeing there were like five hours left to go and just really resisting that time and really feeling like I really wish I was doing something else and not even just wishing, but like feeling I should be doing something else. Like there's something wrong with what I'm doing. And I remember actually having a thought of I'm here for five hours, whether I like it or not. And I remember having a weird moment of kind of repeating that a few times and thinking I'm here for five hours whether I like it or not. And then I thought like there's two possibilities in that. I know the five hours is a certainty, but I'm here for five hours whether I like it or not. And I thought, well, why don't I just try and move it closer to the liking it possibility and just embrace that. So I'd gone from feeling really kind of despondent and having this shift where I was dreading this next five hours. And once I shifted my perspective and just accepted where I was and wanted to do the best of where I was, then I ended up having a really great shift. I was enjoying doing things efficiently and skillfully and being friendly to the customers and trying to cheer up the other staff. And just this accepting of where I am now. And that didn't mean that I couldn't still do some of those things that, that I wanted to do. It just meant that if I'm not able to enjoy doing this work at a supermarket, how am I going to enjoy these other things that I want to do? Mm. So it's just a process of enjoying that where you are and appreciating the benefits of that and realizing that that is even if you have aspirations it's not about giving up it's not me saying i'm going to work at a supermarket for the rest of my life and for some people that's actually genuinely like a great job for them and they're going to be happier staying in a job like that and i didn't feel like that was the case for me but I felt like still, whatever the case, the best thing that I could do was to enjoy where I was now. And that was most likely to lead to the best life in the future. And it was most certainly the best way to have the best life in the present. Mm. Yeah, it's a perfect story to illustrate what you were talking about before with that, you know, it's not a lack of aspiration. It's seeing the situation you're in and just giving giving yourself to that and really working with where you're at and what you're doing made me think of I was working at Tesco and just being on the tills and just deciding like I'm just going to talk to every single person that comes through the till I'm here for five hours I'll just see how much fun I can have 
sitting here because like literally everyone else I was working with was just moaning about how shit the job was and it was just like mm -hmm. there's there is potential fun here everyone shops at the supermarket so you meet all sorts of people it's a really cool place to be chatting to people and people just seem mm -hmm. so happy to well 90% of people seem very happy to be engaged with in a genuine way you mm -hmm. know and that you you're up for chatting and somewhat taken off guard you know we're so used to this like just stony faced kind of like yeah all right yeah i found that really quite a strong experience it was a lot of fun just just embracing mm. it yeah there was something that i wanted to just pick up on from something you touched upon a little bit earlier the societal application of this poem how we've got this american dream mindset of you have the capacity to be literally anything you want to be if you mm -hmm. work hard enough and with that comes this almost pride in wanting to be elsewhere this is incomplete i just yeah. want to be elsewhere if you're settled and content where you are you know that's a failure this american dream ideal doesn't take into account any conditions it's mm -hmm. saying basically if you succeed it's your doing if you mm -hmm. fail it's your doing it doesn't take mm -hmm. into account of any of the conditions that you have wealth where you're born any of those things really it's just saying mm -hmm. that you're autonomous and it's completely down to you it's an extreme position to take and it can basically lead and i think it does lead to a collective sense of failure in mm -hmm. people it's all down to you and you just have failed if you're not at this you know as you were experiencing in the supermarket you know i should be this entrepreneurial da -da 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 -da. there's such a strong sense that you are wrong for being where you are for mm -hmm. not having like become this whatever. And so that's one thing. And then if you throw in like the actual time that we're in now with social media and the internet, previously in human history, you'd have local heroes. So the pine on the hill would be like a local hero, someone that's very, very good at something or someone mm -hmm. that's famous and well-known, right? And that's your relativity. That's where you would compare yourself to someone a bit older than you that you aspire to be like, right? But now we have constant access to worldwide celebrities and professionals, people mm -hmm. that are literally globally, in some cases, the absolute best. And mm -hmm. we're just like instantly looking at their Twitter and Instagram and mm -hmm. things like that. And that's who we're comparing ourselves to. So mm -hmm. the pine has now become potentially the best people in the world at these mm -hmm. particular things that we aspire to do, right? Which is yeah. just so difficult to get anywhere near that and mm -hmm. again i think that just leads to a lot of issues in terms of self-esteem and things mm -hmm. my mum telling me about her experience of growing up really has stuck with me so she grew up in um, newcastle in the 70s and in a very working class community and there was a lot of poverty it really wasn't rich at all but it was kind of like that for everyone her whole community was just basically just didn't have very much money mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of connection and joy there, despite that perceived lack. The comparison was at such a smaller scale that people just felt a lot more content with their lot. It's a very, very different attitude to have to be like, you know what, this is my place and I'm content with it. It's kind of all that wrapped up, this combination of this American dream mentality and, and social mm -hmm. media and the internet and TV and stuff that means the extremities of that comparison that I think is being talked about in this poem has just been mm. like really exacerbated. Because mm. you end up seeing, say, the peak of people in 
many different areas. People excel in all different things. And it's natural to compare yourself to all those different ones and feel like there's some way that you could have all of these five things mastered. Things which can, if you're incredibly dedicated and talented, you can master one in a lifetime. And when you see someone who's particularly good at something, man, it's so easy to get caught up in that and assume that, that they're the same as you, but they're just sick at basketball. Or yeah. <laughs> the, or maybe that they're good at that. And then also they have loads of other things going well in their life. But you don't realize like now I think it's becoming more common that people who are richer and more successful are talking more about how that has not made them happy. And I think that's becoming more transparent in a lot of ways. Mm. So that's another thing which is moving in a good direction, I think, because mm. it certainly helped me to listen to podcasts of, of very successful people and starting to realize the, the fact that someone can be famous and rich and just so much less happy or be missing so many things. Say if you've got a load more money, there's so many more problems that are going to come with more money as well as solutions to a lot of things. It's so good to, to realize that there's not things that are objectively better. It's not like it's better to be this or it's better to be that. It's better to just understand, you know, the benefits of who you are and your attributes and just really embrace that and do the best of that. That's the name of the poem is be the best of whatever you are, whatever your role is to play, just embrace that and be the best at it. And it's very easy to get caught up in comparing to all different people at different levels and maybe mm. not seeing that. There's some things that a bush has or some things that it brings that a pine couldn't bring to the landscape. Mm. Mm. All right. Seems a good place to, to end. What do you think? I, I'd like to end <laughs> with a, a joke, actually. Okay. What do you call a bush that thinks it's a tree? I don't know. What do you call a bush that thinks it's a tree? A shitty bush. I'm trying to find some, like, clever thing in there <laughs> no you you won't you can keep searching i won't okay very nice <laughs> thanks thanks for that you're one. welcome i think i kind of get it a bit more now my genius joke yeah good yeah i think so i hope the listener does too take from it what you will I thought it would be nice, as I mentioned, to just bring in if there was any intention that we'd like to set for the week based on what we had discussed. You know what? The, the main thing I'm going to do is just focus on all the benefits of how my life is now. It's essentially about gratitude, even things where I have goals for. So say about growing this podcast and growing my YouTube channel. I'm going to think about what are things that are actually better now than when my YouTube channel has more viewers? So actually taking goals and flipping them on their head to realize what is there now that I need to appreciate that I'm actually not going to have when I reach this goal. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, you've inspired me. I'm not going to do exactly that, but I would like to keep a gratitude journal this week. And then next week I can check in on a few of the things that I've been grateful for in the last week. Awesome. Right. Before we go to your quote for next week, thanks for listening, guys. 
whatever platform you're on if you would give us a subscribe on that that would be awesome and if this episode made you think of anyone then please share it with them because that's how we can grow the podcast and if you want to support us you can go to our coffee account which will link in the description buy us a coffee and that would be much appreciated the quote for next week is by sangarachta and goes as follows a fool can give more advice in a day than a wise man can follow in a year if you have any ideas about this quote we'd love to hear what you think about it so if you want to get in touch through the instagram the instagram is know what i mean one word dot podcast or if you fancy dropping us an email then it is quim k-w-i-m dot podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening awesome see you next week guys Peace. See you next week.